Jesus. Amen. So many people think it's just, he died just for our salvation. But he overcame the world of everything in it. Whether it be spiritual, whether it be man, it doesn't matter. He overcame it all. So welcome. Wonderful day, man. It was <laughs> such a moving morning this morning. And see everybody come down here this morning. Oh, man. It, uh. I was still feeling the effects of it long into the afternoon. Ah, so good, so good, so good. So, tonight we're going to continue on. Um, and the title of this one is a little strange, but it's a Reset Famine. And, uh, I, I, we've kind of went over fame and some before, but I felt like we really need to go over this again. Because Pastor mentioned this morning, Terry mentioned it, that churches aren't preparing their, their flocks. Pastor said this morning that we'll teach everything from Genesis 1 to Revelation the whole book and everything in between. And that's exactly what we intend to do. So, I'm sure we've all heard of the WEF, the World Economic Forum, the great reset that they're trying to plan. How the things that they want to usher in, how they tie in so much to the book of Daniel, to Revelation chapter 13. I mean, like they're reading the Bible and pulling these things out of it, and that's what they're trying to implement. What they're talking about coming is the beast system that we all know about. The, 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 the similarities are incredible, to say the least. And what they're wanting to do, whether they realize what they're wanting to do or not, is... is put the beast system in place. So the coming Antichrist can walk right into an already set in place system. Everything will be ready for him, and all he has to do is walk in. And as much as you want to, not that you want to, but as much as you hear how the world will get better, how all the green energy and the agendas and uh, everything that they scheme up, the world will be a better place. And that's a lie. 
We know that when the Antichrist steps in, he's not going to step into a good world. He's going to step in as a fixer. Remember, it's, it's anti-counterfeit Christ. What is the true Jesus Christ going to do? He's, he's really going to fix it. He's going to make justice for all. He's going to set everything right in its place. What the Antichrist is going to do is come in and pretend to have all the answers and have the fix and the solution for everything. As the Word of God tells us, at least for three and a half years. But what comes along with this great reset, we're seeing play out in front of our very eyes today. And it's tied into a lot of different things. Colin has helped me share with Electric, the, their green agendas. We've talked about all these different things that, that are satanic in origin that go against the word of God. So we see all these things now. Uh, the latest one is the baby formula shortages. A lot of towns around the United States shelves are not so stocked anymore. Um, auto parts, a lot of them are hard to come by. We see what's happening in Ukraine. The good chance that Russia will take control of Ukraine and then Russia will be the breadbasket of Europe and basically will ration food to the rest of Europe. We, we see you in the sermon that we did that was called famine. Of course, we know that was about famine of the word, not so much about famine of food. But we saw a little bit there of how famine has been ever increasing since, since I was a child. It was centered in more one part of the world, and now it's went all over the world. Talking about famine just in the United States and just since January 1st of 2022 there have been 19 chicken farms that have been completely destroyed by fire 19 we don't have that many so yeah I find that ironically coincidental We'll talk about that. And that's just another example of what y'all were just talking about, of how you can see that this is a, a, a planned, and we're going to get into this, I'm trying not to jump the horse, but this, the things that are happening are intentional because they have to put system in place. It has to be that way. So from, from gas shortages uh, to the highest gas price prices in history here in the states. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, fertilizer prices, not only fertilizer shortages, but also fertilizer 
prices have went through the roof to where farmers can't afford to fertilize their crops, so crop yields are going to be down. Um, they're talking diesel shortages already, DEF shortages, um, hundreds of thousands of birds killed because of, of bird flu, and then what Colin brought out with fires, the food processing plants, over 30-something, have been deliberately set ablaze for control. So we're going to look quickly at one of the greatest famines in the Bible. And we're going to see how it ties into what's happening today. So this comes from Genesis 47. And it starts in verse 13. It says, Now there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. That famine is not here. And if the good Lord decides to take us out before it comes, then amen. But if not, the church and everybody else needs to be prepared that they might have to suffer a little bit or go without something for a little bit before they're taken home. In America, there's still this strange stigma over America that American churches and American people can see it happen all around the world, but they think it will never come to America. So then in verse 15, so when the money failed, and I want to pause on that one, we can see them trying to destroy the dollar now. The almighty dollar, the petrodollar. We see other nations wanting to not buy oil in dollar and use gold or their own standard to buy it. We see deals trying to be worked out. America with, with uh, Venezuela and other places. Now Saudi Arabia trying to work Israel and Saudi Arabia and America so that they can continue to get the oil and petrodollars because they don't have anything other than petrodollars. We see all this happening. We see the gas prices. We hear the remarks that our president makes on TV about the inflation. We see all this happening, and we know what it's leading to. They just recently passed legislation to speed up the Federal Reserve in developing their own digital currency. Just like we talked about with electricity. If everything goes to electric cars, if everything is electric and everything's dependent upon the grid, they control us. They flip a switch, we can't go to work. We can't charge our cars, we can't get groceries, we can't do anything. If everything is tied to a chip, your money and everything, they control you. They give you an allowance like a child. And if you don't behave or do what they want you to do, then they take your allowance away. So much to the point to where Klaus Schwab's crony, and I can't remember his name because I forgot to write it down. He's an Israeli. They're developing a 
microchip to go in your skin that will relay every bit of your carbon footprint. Where you go, where you drive, how much you sleep, what you eat, everything will be relayed through them. Yes, there you go. And so what does that tie into? Again, the beast system. So, continuing on. So the money fell in the land of Egypt, in, a, in the land of Canaan. All the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. In verse 17, So they bought their livestock, brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the cattle, the herds, and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. When that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. So my Lord also has our herds of livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of my, of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. So what did they do? They sold their bodies and their lands for food. I honestly think that we will see some of this, but we won't see it get to that point. By the time it gets to that point, you're talking about the mark. Because they will be forced with death and serving Jesus or giving in and taking home a meal for their family. As long as they get that mark. We saw precursors of this during this last round of awakening, you might call it. Because mark is really close to mask. And jab. Now, you want to believe, and I do believe, the Holy Spirit will lead any true believer in knowing if something that they're about to embark upon their bodies or in their bodies is going to render harm or is okay. But the time is coming for so many when a choice will have to be made. And we only pray that they stay true to Jesus and not fall to the world. So we see how easy it will be we see why they want to destroy or collapse the dollar, the economies of the world, their great reset. 
And we see how easy in their plan it would be to usher in something like Mark. So, we see this all coming about. And these coming famine, famines, uh, there's reports that Russia's bombing fields in Ukraine just to keep the supply from going out. Well, we just talk about the population. We see all these things happening and it's mainly for getting us into compliance. So whether it's famine of food, whether it's no gas, whether it's the next virus that comes along, we like to say that we would never. We would never give in. We would stand strong. We know where our faith lies. Sometimes with testing, it reveals just how strong your faith is. So until we're faced with something like this, because Satan is the master of his game, which is fear, and until you're faced with something like this or your family's lives are in danger, you really don't know how you would respond. Pastor tells a story often about when they were growing up after his dad died. Times were very, very tough in his family. But one saving grace he had was a praying mama. And although they didn't have much, they still had. They still had a roof. They still had family. They still had love. And even if that meant only eating ketchup sandwiches, they still had. God still kept them. So, in verse 22 of Genesis 47, it says, Only the land of the priest he did not buy, for the priest had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh, and they ate their rations which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore they did not sell their lands. Colin did a, a sermon, and he said, during the plagues of Egypt that the plagues didn't affect really Israelis were saying only Egypt God shows favor to his children yes Colin a time will come upon this world and upon this nation 
and is going to test everyone. And you will find out where your faith lies. Are you going to reside on eating ketchup sandwiches and stay true to the Lord and stay in prayer? Or are you going to run and take whatever handout they're given? They not, they only, the only land that they did not buy was the priest. For the Pharaoh allotted them their own rations in which they ate. Time and time again throughout the Bible, God has taken care of his children. When others were dying around them, or others were doing without, God saw his children through, even when his children didn't see it, or were complaining the whole time. Okay, so you started this talking about, about WEF, and I was trying to think about how the current circumstances kind of correlate with this particular circumstances. Who are the priests of the coming age? Uh, I don't know, companies like BlackRock, the CEOs of those companies that are buying up all the land. What's the WEF say? You will own nothing and you will be happy. Well, somebody's going to own it. Well, all the priests are going to own it. The priests of the beast age. All they're they're going to own it all. And so they're not going to have to sell themselves. They're not going to have to sell their, their things because they're going to have all that stuff because we, I say we, but in quotations, but the, those who do not, are not the priesthood of this beast system are going to have to do something. And it's either go in the woods or buy into the system. Exactly right. And we talked about that some. In one of the sermons, we were talking about these woke organizations. And the reason why they're not worried about their sales or about losing customers is because they've been promised that they'll be taken care of. When everything else crashes around them, don't worry, we got your back. Just go along with what we're doing. So, in Matthew 24, 4 through 14, Before I get to that, though, I want to say, if you believe that we're in the last days, honestly, if you believe it, then you should understand, at the very least, what Jesus says will happen in those last days. Now, when God chooses to send his son to get his bride, we don't know. We could see nothing. We could leave tonight. Or, if he tarries, like I said earlier, then there's a good chance we're going to have to see some stuff. It might get a little tough. It might get a little unpleasant.
So Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed, this is number one, that no one deceives you. And what do we see now? I like to call it propaganda because it's everywhere and it's relentless. Nothing that you see now or hear is the truth. Yes. Yes. I would say before, but it really ramped up in 2001. And it's been nonstop ever since. I mean, it is... There's no point to watch anything of the world or news because everything is just... It's, it's just... There's so much deception now. We have to rely so much more on the Spirit for discernment. Just to know what is up and down. Yes. Propaganda, propaganda, propaganda everywhere. So, for many will come in Christ's name saying that I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. So is Jesus saying that it's going to get better before he comes? He's also in this particular passage addressing a bunch of Jews. He is. And the Jewish nation, which is the chosen people, to have their eyes darkened for what he was really telling them. Thank you for the pause button in the age of Gentiles because before all this happens, we are going to be blessed with his presence because he is going to come and take us away before this tribulation. Before the great tribulation, yes. But there are things that lead up to the tribulation, right? Sorrows, birth pains, yes. And there's nothing that says how bad those birth pains and sorrows will be before the tribulation starts. So we don't know what, if anything, that we'll have to endure. But to not prepare a flock. To not prepare your flock that you're wanting to send out as evangelists into the world and not prepare them that they might be mocked and ridiculed or they might be beaten or stoned. To not prepare them for what awaits them in the world or what might come is wrong.
nothing of this. I mean, this young man was shot because he, he was trying to tell the gospel around a town in North Korea and was shot cold-blooded in front of another young boy that was his friend who didn't know anything about Christ. He went home and told his mother about the killing, and his mother said, I'll show you the Bible. So that man's death led another one to Christ, and now they're having an underground church in that lady's home because of the sacrifice that was seen. Who is this Jesus these people are dying for? People getting yanked out of their homes in Pakistan and drugged behind jeeps and, and horses for 30 minutes after being every, every bone broken in their bodies and costing their lives, but yet entire villages are turning to Christ because what is it worth for us to endure to the end? Our last breath here is our first breath in heaven. To live as Christ, to die as gain. That's the guarantee we have. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit that was talked to us today. That's the what we have for salvation. That's the guarantee. This husk can pass away, and we're ready. We're ready. We're ready for whatever the devil wants to throw at us because he's always playing the same game. And the point you make is exactly where I'm getting to. But your point that you're making is not taught to our churches nowadays. How many church-going people nowadays, if they came and busted their doors down and took us out behind horses tied up, how many would endure it? The toughness of the American church is gone. They're lazy, they're weak, and they're asleep. At the end of today, at the end of this morning, Terry was hitting on some really good points. I, I pray that persecution doesn't come to America because because our churches, our brothers and sisters have not been equipped to deal with it or to handle it. They don't know where their faith is. Their faith hasn't been tested or strengthened. They have no idea. And things like the martyrs, which I love, I love reading about the martyrs because it gives you an example of what the body of Christ goes through and suffers every day for the name of Jesus. But we don't see that here. We don't hear that here because they don't want you to see it or hear it. You have to dig for it and hunt for it before you even find out about it or know anything about it. The system which they're, which they're, they've already created a lot of it. It's always black and white. It's always red versus blue, man versus woman. It's always a continuous division, even among the churches. So many churches bicker just over the truth of who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ did. They can't come together to do good in their communities or their nations because they're too busy fighting and bickering with each other over stupid, petty stuff. If they would learn, study, teach, and preach the whole word of God, there would be nothing to bicker about. Yep. Amen, Pastor. <laughs> The mule that's pulling can't be kicking. Yes. 
the elects sit in their their Davos meetings and their WHO meetings and their WF meetings and they cause conflict in order to offer the solution. They create division, they create hate, they create racism. Never let a crisis go to waste. If there's not a crisis, then make your own. They divide us, and then they sit back and control both sides. I'm speaking to the world here. Their confusion, we know who the father of confusion is. Their confusion, their division, their constant parade of their man-made rights over God-given rights keeps everyone in turmoil. Saturday, we got to go and see my good friend uh, run a triathlon. Well, not run. Well, that's part of it. Compete in a triathlon. And it was awesome. I'd never actually seen one before. But, man, those, I, Bev, that, you're, yeah, that's a, I've, I've never seen someone, someone, anybody put forth so much energy and effort. It was just, it was amazing. But anyways, uh, when the race was about over, their little boy, Nolan, who's four, had to ask his mama if someone was, if Jennifer was a girl. His parents are godly parents. They, they teach their kids about God. They teach their kids that there's man and woman. But when their son is not in their presence, the world, the ones who watch him while parents are working, are pushing the stuff down their throats to the point where a four-year-old boy has to ask, is that a man or a woman? They're killing our kids. They're absolutely destroying them from inside out. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. They think they're doing good by offering free daycare and condoms and, and sex, whatever stuff, in schools. It's free. It's free. We're giving it to them. We're helping them. We're teaching them to be, have safe sex. No. You're only adding to the problem. Teach them, help them, is to rest- for them to refrain from having sex altogether. It's horrible to see what they're doing to our kids. And then Saturday just s- sealed it for me when Nolan was so confused. How can you be so confused at four years old? What are they telling you? So, if you believe wholeheartedly that we're in the last days, and it's not just, you don't just say we're in the last days because you hear P. 
people on YouTube or people in the streets saying that we're in the last days. But if you honestly believe we're in the last days, then what comes with that? Dan talked about it just a minute ago. What comes with that is our blessed hope. What comes with that is the soon rapture of the body of Christ. For those who believe and have a relationship with their only Savior, Jesus Christ, then you hold on to that blessed hope, that assurance, that knowledge that before the Antichrist comes on the scene, Jesus will call his bride to him. Kind of like John in Revelation 4.1. After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you the things which must take place after this. The song Colin sings, was door of heaven, is that what it's called? Gate of heaven. It makes me cry every time I hear it because I can just picture God in all his glory sitting on the throne just saying, come my children, come. Hallelujah. So whether you believe or not, you can't deny the rapid decay of this world in which we are living. Everything is pointing to the second coming of Christ. If you know him, it's pointing to the second coming. If you don't know him, then everything happening is pointing to the end of the world. Such as their self-proclaimed end of the world, Agenda 2030. Between now and 2030, everything is going to break loose, according to them. So I ask, does your trust lie in yourself or in this world for bread when money is no good? Or maybe that your government will step in and take care of you? No, these won't. Only your faith and trust in Jesus will see you through. Look at what's happening in Sri Lanka right now. They are devastated. They say it's because of poor choices and overspending by their government. That's what they say it's from. But those people are, are, are going insane right now because they can't get anything. They can't get food. They can't get fuel. They can't get anything, and their government can't step in to help them. So now they're asking for a loan from the World Bank to try and pay some of their debts. The World Bank. Yes. If you looked at what happened in Australia during COVID, where if you weren't a good citizen looking out for the well-being of your fellow citizens and stepped off your front porch, they were there to grab you and put you in a wellness camp. No. No, because they were off the grid. So if you don't comply with their system, or the coming beast system, 
then they have no use for you. And there will be many people when this comes into place. We will be gone. There will be many people that are left here that will choose Jesus. They will resist this new world order, this beast system. So if you're forced, will you take this dying world? Or will you take the eternal Jesus? But these are the things in which churches need to be teaching and speaking. Because you go to a lot of churches now and you ask them, what are you going to choose? Where does your faith lie? Many of them probably won't even know how to answer you. So this last part of speaking to the churches. If you believe we're in the last days, then why aren't you preaching it? Why aren't you getting your flocks ready? Why don't you teach them the word of God that says to be ready so that he does not come as a thief in the night? Like we see in Matthew 24, 36 through 44. Wolves attack the sheep freely when the sheep are asleep. So wake up all you preachers wake up your flocks and teach them to be ready and prepared teach them how to go out into the world and to survive and to fight among the wolves that are looking to tear them apart teach them the whole word of God that they may be ready and not blinded and ran over when things come after them I'm tired of a sleepy church. Everywhere I go, everything I see, so much that I watch, they're just pumping out gospel propaganda. They need to be getting people ready. If they honestly believe the word of God in which they proclaim to teach behind the pulpit, then they understand that we're in the end days. And they understand the importance of getting people ready for that. At the very least, preparing them to go out and evangelize when people are running scared and asking questions that they may have the answers and offer them salvation and point them to Jesus Christ instead of joining the herd and running scared with them. I have a good friend right now that I asked the church to pray for. He had a dispute with his wife. He's not denying that. The cops were called and he was taken to jail. But then, when caseworkers got involved, and him and his wife, even though they had made a mistake, they still stood up and said that we don't agree with the way the world's going. We don't agree with gays. We don't agree with children confused about their identity at three to four years old. We don't agree with the way the world's going. And by standing up for these things, 
the system decided to put a target on their back. And by the system, I mean Satan. And now they're trying to drag them dry through the court system and take their kids away from them on some trumped-up charges because they disagreed with the system. It's hard to watch. But this is another instance where you see the true faith of somebody. And luckily, because of, of my working habits, I was home before he went to his last court date. And he came by just to have me pray for him. And I thank God that I was there, available, that he could come by so we could pray. But he told me that, that morning that he's not backing away from Jesus because right now it's the only thing he has left in this world. And he will fight to the death to get his kids back. That's a man who believes in Jesus. That's a man when they pulled everything and took everything away from him. And he made a mistake which started the whole process. And he knows he made a mistake. But he's still going to stand on Jesus and rely on Jesus to get his kids back, to get his life back together. So to the churches, it's not a matter of if you think they want to hear these things. If you think it's an unpopular topic to preach on, on Sundays. It's not a matter if you think that it, people might leave during service and not come back. And if you really have a heart for God and for people, you understand that those things don't matter. Whether they want to hear it or not, they need to hear it. So I ask any preacher that might hear this, if you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to preach on these things, to not veer off because it seems hard or uncomfortable to talk about it. The word of God is not always the comforting word that you need to hear, but it's the truth that you need to hear. And my sister just the other day, through Lyft, got to minister to a couple people strung out on drugs. It's instances like this with my friend Jack. It's instances like these when they're put in your life. Who do you call on? What's your first response? Is it to tell them about Jesus? That he's extending the hand and he'll, he'll, he'll lead you out of whatever trouble you're in right now? Or is it just to, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Have a nice day. Give me your money. The church, the body, needs to be built up that they know what is coming that they can see it coming, that they know how to respond to it. 
instead of just joining the rest and running off with the world. Because when everything else is in confusion and everything else is falling apart, the remnant, those that truly believe and know where they stand are the only ones that's going to be standing on the hill holding a lantern saying, come to me and let me show you my friend Jesus. So, I think that we will end in prayer and anybody need anything specific? In somewhat of a similar circumstance to your friend Jack, you said his name was. Shortly after God got a hold of me, I was, and I was served with divorce papers. Um, I was praying and praying and praying while I was at work. I was saying, God, please don't let my kids be taken from me. Please don't let my kids be taken from me. I don't want to lose my kids. I don't want to lose my kids. I don't want to lose my kids over and over and over, just all day. And about six hours into having this prayer session just while I was at work all day, he said to me, if I'm willing to give up my son to bring you into my family, are you willing to give up yours? And it was at that point, much like the sermon that I preached about American Idol, and you know, that it's not just the the systems of the world, but also our family can become an idol. Being a father can become an idol. Being uh, uh, our children and their their well-being and their safety can become an idol. And it was at that point that I realized I have no power when it comes to them. The only one that does is God. And so I have to try, I have to stop trying to control and hand over, relinquish it to God. And that's why when people look at me and they say, well, you've, you've, you're one of the 85% who've lost custody of their, uh, of fathers who've lost custody of their kids. I'm like, it's okay. God's got it. They're in his hands. I prayed the blood of Christ over them. He is in, they are in his hands. And he is going to work it for his glory and their good. Because I have placed my faith in God not in my ability to control them or to control that situation. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because it's painful. Because, and I imagined myself giving up my kids at that point. And so whenever I came across the situation, did it hurt? Yes. Is it painful? Absolutely. But I, after the pain was over, I was at peace because God's got it. And even over your friend, 
God is in control. He will speak truth, and that truth will be revealed in time, whether it be in this life or the next. But God is going to, as long as he pleads the blood of God, blood of Christ, over his kids, which I'm, I know for a fact he's done, and I know that you have as well. He has no concerns. And as much pain as it may that this world may cause us, we have a blessed hope. Not just for ourselves, but for our children and for our families. Because his word does not return void. Thank you, Colin. So, let's pray. Let's just lift up our children. No matter what the, the circumstance might be, whether it's that they're being torn away from their, their families, whether it's being brainwashed by all this satanic propaganda that is everywhere now, whatever, whatever the situation may be, let's pray for pastors, friend. Arnold family, pray for them. Pray for this church that in the midst of anything, this church is going to stay strong. And I know just seeing some of the people that's in this church, and like I said, it's not a big church, but it's a powerful church. Can we have areas we can work in? Absolutely. I think the faith and resolve of this church, of the people of this church, this church knows where they stand. So, Father, we thank you so much for this night. We thank you for everything, Father. We thank you for, for Pentecost, Father. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, Father, that fills us and increases us and carries us and, and ministers to us when we're down, Father, that helps to pick us back up, that that just does so much every day in the life of a believer, Father. We lift up, Father God, this church, Father, that you just continue to render strength to this church. Resolve, Father God, in truth. The truth does not stop uttering out of this church, Father God. No matter what comes against it or is said, Father God, that they will not, this church will not vary from your word and from your truth, Father. Above all things, Father God, we must stand true to you. Father, we lift up we lift up Jack and his family. Father, we lift up Colin and his family. We lift up so many, Father, little kids whose minds are being wrecked, Father God, by this world, by this the satanic agendas, Father God, this these schemes and, and, and propagandas, Father God, that they just continue to come up with that is destroying the minds of our children, Father. And we pray for Father, we pray for this nation. We pray for churches that are still willing to speak the truth, Father God, that people 
will flock to those churches, Father, to get an understanding and a revelation of who you are and what your son Jesus has done for us, Father. They have answers, Father God. Show them where to go to find truth, Father. Not church propaganda, not money, but truth, Father God. We thank you so much for everything that you do, everything that you are, Father God. Thank you for all that you do for us every single day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.